Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean, but still on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe there for all of our other content, as well as FiveReasonsSports.com. You don't need to subscribe to that one. There is no paywall. Just check it out for all the latest written content. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friend Nelson, big Miami Heat fan, big fan of the podcast. Reach out to him if you need C-Arm equipment, okay? this is, He's at Mobile C-Arm and Staffing Services. They rent C-Arm equipment on a short and long-term basis to hospitals, surgery centers, chiropractic offices, and pain management offices. They also got cadaver lab courses where the medical device companies set up a lab to showcase their products to surgeons who may not have used them before. So again, they service office-based procedures, pain management offices, chiropractic offices, and cadaver courses. And again, they rent the C-Arm equipment to an office. And they also send out an X-ray technologist to run the machine. So they can go through all of this with you. Just go to the website. It's simple. C, that's the letter C, dash armandstaffing.com. That's C armandstaffing.com. Fill out the form. Nelson or someone on his team will get back to you. You can also reach out to him directly at 561-891-9620. That's 561-891-9620. Again, it's C armandstaffing.com. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. Not plan, plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I've got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. Make sure you check out the episode I did with Greg yesterday where we go through what would be the trigger to change the course of this season, which feels a little stale right now. We got a lot of feedback from that episode, so you might want to check that one out. We went a little longer than usual as well, uh, which we do sometimes on those narrative episodes. We're going to keep this one tight and bright. We got Brady here. We got one simple question, okay? It, it, this is not complicated. Why the hell can't the Heat shoot anymore? Because last season, they shot the hell out of the ball. Okay, I'm sorry for the language here, but they did. They were a really good shooting team. That's what carried them offensively. They had good spacing. They had plenty of shooters on the floor. They took that into the playoffs. That carried them when they didn't have Bam for part of the season, when they didn't have Jimmy for a lot of games, when they didn't have Kyle for a lot of games. They still shot the ball well. Like, guys shot above their career means for the most part. They maintained it. They made shots in big spots. Then the playoffs started, and everybody tanked. From the outside, like nobody shot the ball well anymore. And that unfortunately has carried over. In fact, it's worse. Like I'm watching the game against Portland, which uh, we were all at. And uh, well, Brady and I were at uh, along with Alex. And I I'm sitting there and I'm just like, boy, that's an open look, miss. That's an open look, miss. Like this isn't cop. Like this is simple stuff. Like you get an open look in the NBA. You're a competent shooter. You make a good percentage of those. They're not. Brady, why? <laughs> I have a I have a good way to characterize this because as I just clicked on some of the numbers, I just saw that Dwayne Dedman is shooting the best percentage from three on the team. And obviously a much different volume, 
But that's a problem. Like that's a very big problem right now. If I'm looking at it, that he's shooting 40% on 1.1 threes a game. And obviously uh, they're just not shooting it well. Like you're saying, like, I don't even think the process has been that off. Like, yeah, I think the offense as a whole has had certain problems that they need to touch up. But in terms of generating decent looks, I don't think that's been a problem. It's just been knocking them down specifically. Uh, in terms of the numbers, I was looking at something earlier that uh, you just hit on it. They were very, very good last year in three-point shooting. They led the league in three-point percentage. Uh, they led the league in just spot-up shooting, points per possession of spot-up shooting in general, uh, which they are now 20th in shooting in three-point percentage and 19th in the spot-up points per possession. The other thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with that is last season they were fifth in paint touches, which means when you have gravity inside the lane, guys can't, can help off. They begin to help off the outside shooters. You're kicking and they're hitting. They were fifth. They are now 25th. Like, that is a very big drop-off. When you're talking about the only difference is losing P.J. Tucker, who was not a paint-touch guy. Uh, I'd say I will give him the credit to say he was part of that spot-up shooting because there was big part portions of the season where he was shooting the ball really well in terms of spot-up shooting and in that corner. But he's not the one that's shifting it this much. Like, P.J. Tucker is not making the difference from going from fifth to 25th and first to 20th. Like, that's not what's happening here. So, uh it's just a weird scenario in because then you start looking at some of the numbers uh, like you have Tyler shooting 38% from three and obviously on high volume, you'd probably expect it to be around there. You go down to a guy like Max Strew shooting 38% and obviously he's shooting on crazy amount of attempts. And I thought he's obviously, we all agree that he's played really well, especially shooting wise because he's hit big shots. And then you get down to Kyle who's kind of getting his number back up there at 35. I thought Gabe Vincent, uh, being in more of an off ball role, I thought we'd all expect him to shoot a little better. He's at 30%. And I feel like, uh, he's missed just a lot of good looks in general. Duncan has had a lot of great looks. Like he's at 34% shooting. And we talked about the other night, like the shots he's getting is not what he's used to in previous years where it's like two guys at his face flying off a handoff. It's kind of like settling in the corner, helping out to Jimmy on a drive. And it's a kind of a missing look. Like that's kind of what's happening there. Uh, and then the other element this, and I know we're going to get into this soon in the Caleb Martin pod, but he's shooting 30% from three. And when you look at historically in the heat's, kind of starting four position next to Bam, they need a high percentage there. Like, they really do. They need a, a, a like a spacer that is legitimately a spacer that's going to knock down that shot anytime you help down. Uh, and we saw, as even going to the iffy types and Jake Crowder, we saw what happened to their offense in, in certain portions of the, of the bubble when he was shooting that. What happened in the regular season this past year when P.J. Tucker was that? Like, there's always that. Or Kelly Olenek when he was the, the five, or Myers Leonard, he was the five, and they were shooting that. It, it feels like all these little elements just add into the fact that there's just a drop-off here. And it doesn't help that they don't really have a, a go-to in terms of their team. Like, it's not that they're dominating defensively and there's, we're seeing slippage offensively. It's just a lot happening at once, and it's just hard to focus, I guess, on one thing. Well, I know we all follow Simon Sterling uh, on Twitter. He tends to come up with some pretty good numbers here. And actually, the numbers you're giving me on the overall percentages are a lot higher than the percentages that he has here for wide open threes this season, which tells you something that these guys, if, if they were drawing from the same pool, which we should be from a number standpoint, it means that all of these guys are shooting better with a hand in their face than they're shooting when they're wide open, because he goes through the numbers on this max Schroes last year, 48.6% on wide open threes. I don't know what we characterize as a wide open three. Is he drawing that from stats.nba.com perhaps? They're, they're I want to say it's like, four to six feet without a defender. I, I could be wrong, but it's around that range. Okay, so Struess has gone from 48.6% last year to 27.8% this year 
which is much lower than his overall number, as you mentioned, of 38%. Caleb Martin has gone from 42.9% last year to 27.3% this year, which is lower than his overall percentage that you mentioned of 30%. And Gabe Vincent has gone from 35.7% on quote-unquote wide-open threes last year to 22.7% this year, which is also lower than his overall number of 30 so again, if we're drawing from the same stat source, which we probably should be, right? I mean, maybe it's a game off. Uh, then that means that all three of these guys, their former two ways, right? That, that have all been, we, and we would agree, plus contributors for them this year. I don't think any of them is really disappointed, whether it's Drew Smartin or Vincent. We haven't pointed to them as being the big issues. All of them are shooting, uh, let's just be honest, like crap when nobody is on them, right? Like, But they're shooting better. <laughs> When they're guarded, I way to deliver what... the good news. I mean, this is just getting uglier and uglier. Well, but 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 here's the thing, Greg, and let's, I'll go pivot to you on this. It's not necessarily bad news because the way you could look at this is there's no way that they can continue to shoot this poorly unguarded, right? <laughs> right. I like, mean, that's like, an optimistic like, way of looking at no, it. But that's I'm, probably I'm saying, where like, the way I'll lean. But if you're okay, but if you're expecting some number to, I hate the term regress to the mean. Everybody says that regress to the mean means come down, progress to the mean. If you're expecting yeah. anything to progress to the mean, it would be wide open threes. Like that's the one thing, like that is what you're seeking. But I will tell you this. Okay. I remember when Mike Bibby and nobody wants to remember this, obviously, because Mike Bibby was an abject disaster with the heat may have cost him the 2011 NBA finals, even more than LeBron did. I will hold to that take that if Spo had simply played Chalmers in the finals as a starter before game six, I think they'd win that series, regardless of what LeBron was doing. I think with Mario starting with Dwayne, they would have been okay the way Dwayne was playing. But I remember when Mike Bibby came and he was complaining that he was getting too many wide open shots, that he wasn't accustomed to getting this many wide open shots, but that playing with LeBron and Dwayne was giving him too many looks. And that was his excuse for shooting. And this is not a joke, 22% from three, uh, with the Heat in the postseason, okay? One of the worst postseason performances of all time for the Heat. Jermaine O'Neal's is right there, and there are some Mashburn ones we can look at. It's a Eddie Jones ones, but Mike Bibby's is right up there, okay? Greg, that would be the one thing encouraging from this. Like, it, it, it can't stay this bad, right? Like, Duncan Robinson with nobody so. in his face should not be shooting, you know, in the 20s. It's crazy. I think part of this too could be that when you get an Eastern Conference Finals run and the uh, the kind of the airtime when no other teams are playing, that you end up becoming more of a focused group in terms of that they were heavily watched and scouted, and so so there is an element of that they're not as unknown as they were last year. You're right that there's no way that they can continue to shoot this bad. I mean, as you uh, cite some numbers that you found um, on Twitter, I also want to shout out John Jablanca because he brought up uh, the way the heat's offense just disappears when they lose. This is crazy. So their offensive rating in wins is 121.5 and losses. It's 106 league average is 112. So it's literally like just cratering. And a lot of it has to do with shooting. And I can't, I guess you're right. Like it's tough to even draw the parallel with Bibby because like Jimmy and Bam are like, they're not Braun and, and Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? So it's just hard 
to even make a, a, a comparable parallel to this. I just would hope that eventually they start shooting well enough because like, this is the whole thing about building around Jimmy and bam, the shooters have to be making shots like that. Otherwise this whole thing gets fractured and paralyzed. So um, that's like, we start pre-show before we even hit record. I was like, I don't know that I have an answer for this question before we started the episode. And I don't know that we're going to get any closer by the end of it, but um, it's, you're right. They have nowhere to go, but up. I mean, you would think, I mean, you, you, you gave us this stat today, the heat ranked number 20th or worse in offensive efficiency, effective field goal percentage, two point percentage, three point percentage and offensive rebound rate. Yeah. Like they're, they're bad. Like they, there's no way they've been bad. Like through now we're through 11 games. They're four and seven. We talk about some of the problems with the defense, the perimeter defense in general, where would this team be from a scoring perspective that they didn't make every single free throw? That's that's the other thing. These guys who can't make a shot are first in the league in free throw percentage. I mean, I mean, could you again? Could you imagine if they were fifteenth in the league in free throw percentage? Their offensive rating would be ninety-two. And and look, I don't have the answer to this either. This is an exercise mostly to draw attention to it. I don't know what it is about missing open shots. I don't know if that's psychological. I I don't know what that is. Like you have too long to think about it. I mean. We, we see all the time, like Max Struess comes in and he shoots. Like, he's going to take a shot. He doesn't care if a hand's in his face or not in his face. He doesn't seem afraid of anything. Caleb doesn't seem afraid of anything. Gabe Vincent never seems afraid of anything. These are not beta players. We've talked about this. These are alpha role players who've had this issue. Duncan, we've had a different kind of conversation about at times. But these three guys in particular, it should not be cratering like this, we're not even having the BAM three-point conversation anymore, and I knew we wouldn't. Like, that was one of those off-season things, and I knew we'd be 10 games in the season. BAM's not taking threes. He's not going to take threes, okay? Jimmy is going to take threes when he feels like it, when he wants to prove a point, or when he, honestly, when he's lazy. I, I feel like... And he's hitting him okay, isn't He's he? hitting him fine, but I, I feel like Jimmy takes him because he it's the nights he does not want to draw the contact. It, he starts with this stuff, and sometimes they go and sometimes they don't. Now, Tyler is not on that list. I don't know what his open threes are, but if he's shooting 38% overall from three when he shot 40% last year, there's not a significant drop-off there. So really, it's these other guys, and it's also that Duncan's playing fewer minutes than he played before, so there's one fewer shooter on the floor. Um, But when we come back, what I want to get into is how does Spo build around this if it's not working like that? Like Because we talk about having to have two shooters on the floor at all times for space, but if Jimmy and Bam are creating stuff, or even Kyle's creating stuff, or even Tyler's creating stuff, and these guys are just clanking all the time, this is part of then maybe it's it's not psychological why they're clanking, but it becomes psychological after that, because as even Jimmy has discussed, when they don't make shots, they don't get back, they don't defend, because there's a frustration that sets in. So we'll talk about that in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about our two product codes here. Well, one. Is our fantasy code, you know that one, prize picks. Use the code five. A lot of signups over the weekend, so we appreciate that. Use that code FIVE. First thing, you get your initial deposit matched up to $100. It's free money. No rollovers. You can play right away, but also helps us as a network too. Make sure you, if you're playing prize picks, use the code five, FIVE. Get your initial deposit match. You can download it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or prizepicks.com. Also, our product code five RSN. That's the number five RSN. Use that for 20% off at manscaped.com for all your grooming products, 20% off at manscaped. Therapistpreferred.com, 25% off 
5 RSN and Better Edge. That's our betting partner, peer to peer, legal, not offshore. Okay, you're basically betting against your friends. You can find the line you want. It's a great product. And we're running competitions. I'm the pacer this week for NFL. So if you beat me, you're going to win. Okay, that's how this works. And you will likely beat me. So go to Better Edge, use the code 5, that's number 5 RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. All right, so Brady, what does is, what is Spo do here? I mean, you, you, if, if they're all shooting poorly, you can't just bench a guy. They don't have any, he only played eight the other night anyway. So it's not like he's going to, and by the way, Victor Oladipo and Yurt aren't helping this. So this, <laughs> no. right? So this excuse that, that again, we've, allowed some heat fans and, and at times we've used, okay, they don't have their full rotation. Though, I mean, Oladipo will likely make this worse. Okay. Because that's not his strength. Okay. And Yurt's not, I know Yurt said that, you know, he's making 80% of his threes in practice. I don't expect him to be bombing away from three either. So, so, so what do they do? It's tough because you said about, you know, benching a specific guy, but like you look at what we're talking about, like it's not one guy. Like there's not a sore thumb here where you're like, okay, he's hurting their percentages. It's more of a collective thing. Uh, and you brought up before about kind of what the deal is with, with wide open shots and why it's happening. For me, it feels like rhythm. Like we constantly talk about this team not having rhythm heading in because of the off season and for other different reasons. And obviously defensively, you're not getting stops. Then you're coming the other direction. This team just doesn't have a lot of juice in general right now where it's like they don't have that type of extra motivation not to hit a shot, but like that extra juice in general to be able to be in that type of mindset. So it's what do they do? I mean, the easy answer is you've got to keep shooting. Like you can't – you got to keep getting the ball up because that is what this team needs to do. You can't get away from that. Like there's no way about it when you're talking about a build around Jimmy and Bam and obviously Tyler can create inside the arc. You need to make threes to win basketball games with you're talking about this this team that's uh, generally got a lot of threes up, which they're pretty much at the same number of attempts that they were last year. And I know to start the year, they were having trouble actually getting to that, that number, like the first three or four games. They've gotten the shots up, so the process has been there. They're just not hitting them. Uh, my other answer would be, which I know this is probably unrealistic when we talk about it, but play in transition a little bit more. Like We're not going to see it because we know where they're going to be at in the pace ranking. But, like, when your half-court offense is just not there, like, it doesn't hurt to play into transition a bit more. And I should have got some of the numbers because, thinking at the top of my head, we've seen a lot of pull-up threes this year. Like, in, in terms of just, like, running the fast break. I think of the other last night we saw a couple from um, – or the night before we saw a couple from Kyle and Gabe. Tyler's actually been good from that this year. 
uh, like get out and transition to try to create some numbers and some momentum of some kind, instead of sitting still and getting these same looks over and over, it just feels like it gives them a little bit of diversity, I guess, but uh, that's not going to fix their shooting numbers in general. Like when looking at the half court stuff, I was looking at some of the fourth quarter numbers. Cause I feel like this stuff's important. Uh, the most threes attempted in the fourth quarter for Miami is, is, is max. And at 31 threes, he's shooting 36%. You go down the next guy in line, Gabe Vincent, 15 threes attempted. He's shooting 33%. So he's going five for 15. And then I get to Kyle Lowry and he's two of 15 in the fourth quarter this season. Oh. That's not helping anything. Like when you're talking about a guy that's trying to organize your offense, when we talked about, and then all of a sudden Tyler and Jimmy are taking over in the fourth quarter, he sides off ball. You got to hit those shots. And I don't want to have that discussion right now because he actually played well last game. Like his, his shooting in general looked good and all that. But when we take the 11 games we've seen and put them together, it's kind of a conclusion that you kind of have to come to. And then you have Duncan. He's five of 14, which is not bad for fourth quarter. He's shooting 36%. And then Tyler's four of nine in the fourth quarter, 44%. So uh, I, nothing's too crazy there other than Kyle's numbers. Like in general, like he's shooting seven of 24 in general and 29% in fourth quarters. That doesn't help. Uh, so it's interesting because you want to tend and in, in lean into the Jimmy Bam stuff. And I know it's funny because we're talking shooting. So we're like not talking Jimmy or Bam at all, but they actually lean into this a bit because just because they're not shooting threes doesn't mean they're not shooting. And I think uh, Bam should get off the hook because he's looked good from the mid range. Like when he's taking it, it's looked good. Uh, when you talk about Jimmy, on the other hand, like the other night, and I didn't want to put too much light on it, but like when you're talking about them being up 10 with six minutes left and we saw a couple of those one legged step back jumpers inside the arc, it's like, it's the regular season again. Like it is what it is. You know what you're getting from Jimmy Butler. If it's the regular season or the playoffs, there's a, there's a switch that can go off. Uh, and I think Heat fans have to live with that. Like, that is not something I'm going to harp yeah, on Yeah, but hold much. on. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to counter you on that, and I'm going to go to Greg on this. I don't think they can live with it anymore. And then this is this is why we're going to have to have a Jimmy episode here coming up, because I understand there's a switch. But if the switch comes when they're in the play-in, that's a problem. Like, the switch has to go now, okay? You're four and seven. It has to go now. Like, I – because that frustrated the hell out of me too. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the one it's, it's almost like he just tries stuff because okay. And you know, he does, but then when they're down, he'll do the work. He'll get in the lane. He'll get the contact. Okay. He'll start to get himself into rhythm. Those shots. If you tracked those shots. Okay. When he starts taking those with the lead and then see what happens to the heat after he starts to miss those. I'm telling you every single time it leads to a run on the other side, every time. Okay, I don't know if it's because the Heat collectively let let down because their leader is not doing the things that they're accustomed to him doing, or the other team feels like there's an opening there. But there, there is. I'm t- I don't know the metrics on it. Okay, this is eye test. But there seems to be a correlation between him doing that stuff and the team relaxing. It can't happen anymore now. Like because well, here's the other thing: we know Jimmy's going to take more games off, so they're going to have to play without him. So the games that he does play, I, I would rather he go full throttle for 65 games, okay, then play 75 and 20 of them are half-assed. Like, they're not going to win that way because they they lean on him, Greg. So I'd rather he not be on the floor if he's going to be doing that stuff because when he's on the floor, they count on him too much. And if he's doing that stuff, it goes the other way. One other thing before you jump in. We talk about the Lowry numbers, okay? I would like to see what Mario Chalmers used to shoot in the fourth quarter with those off-ball opportunities and not at $28 million a year, Okay. I just want Kyle Lowry to be Mario Chalmers in the fourth. Can we get that? Can we we get that? Because that guy, I'm telling you, 
never shot two of 15 in the fourth quarter over any prolonged stretch. Okay. We can do eye tests or metrics for all the criticisms of Rio and all the rest of that stuff. When LeBron and Dwayne look to him at those, you know, in those kind of situations, I bet you he made those shots at a 35 to 40% clip. Okay. And not at $28 million. I'm sorry. I, look, no, we're at bad. that point. They're four and seven. Okay. They're highest paid play. And you're right. Bam does get off the hook here. The other two guys, uh, Kyle and Jimmy on this do not. And this is the other thing. Like Jimmy is shooting more threes than he's shot since he was in, in Philly, like Philly and Minnesota, like 2018. Um, so he's relying on that more than ever. Luckily he's shooting 37 and a half percent. Like think about if he was uh, also down in the, in the thirties. But if you look at every release valve, we talk about Jimmy and Bam and an offense built around them. This is like about Max who's shooting. Okay. Like it's all, I mean, I guess at 38%, if I'm just looking at it high level, that's, that's fine. But when you have Gabe, Caleb, Kyle and Duncan all just like literally they're not threats at the moment. Gabe has had his, has, has had moments here or there, but overall he hasn't shot. Well, I just don't know that you can overcome that because like you can't have Jimmy be one of your highest percentage three-point shooters. Like, what are we talking about here? And like functionally, because Dwayne Dedman doesn't really count, he's essentially like their best three-point shooter. And that's just not the way that this is going to work. So to me, I don't know what the answer is, but you're right. Like Kyle, there are moments where I feel like it would be incumbent on him considering how much he was paid to step up on offense and take over a little bit more. And we just haven't seen enough of it yet, but maybe it's turning around recently. He's looked better I'm trying to give him credit because I'm frustrated. I want to add in when you were talking about Jimmy's percentage, he's shooting 40% on catch and shoot threes to that point. Like I think five of the ones he missed were like pull-ups. So it kind of declined that even more, but Ethan, I want to give you a counter to your counter because you brought up, uh, Jimmy, I guess, uh, with the shots, the reason I feel like we're, I think we're looking too much into it. And the reason that's why I say it is I think there's recency bias in the last game, because I think that's the one out of the 11 games we've seen it. So like, I totally get it from that perspective, but like he hasn't even shot that many mid bad mid range jumpers in general. When I think about the first 10 games. So if it continues, I think it's problematic, but I just feel like in terms of all 11 games together, I guess we just haven't seen it enough to become problematic, especially late in the fourth. Cause I feel like he's been decent for them late in the fourth. Like he had the big shot against golden state and he had decent moments mm -hmm. where he hasn't been out of character. I'll say, but once it gets to that point and he gets out of his game, it's just going to throw everything off. No, I see that, but I think you can sense a tone change with me. We're, we're at the point of the year where their, their, their top guys need to carry them out of the mud here. Okay. There, this is Shawshank redemption. Okay. They're going through a river of bleep. They got to get to the other side. All right. Andy Dufresne, whatever it is you want to say, they need to do that now. Their core four, okay? Their core four, the guys who got paid, okay? Jimmy, Bam, Duncan, and excuse me, well, Duncan's the fifth, but I'm, Kinda I'm, not, I'm not going there. Jimmy, 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 Bam, Kyle, and Tyler, okay? They need to leave. I mean, we can talk about the role players, and again, Max, Caleb, and 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 uh, and Gabe with their their numbers, you know, cratering in the open shots. But again, we all agree, I think, right, that overall the three of them have been fine, right? The roles change, Max's role change, Caleb's role change. We, I think, we all agree. Maybe Gabe should have a bigger role, whatever it is. But the three of them have not been the problem. That I mean, at times this open shooting has been a problem. But I'm saying overall. 
the guys who are getting paid on this roster, the front end of this roster, if you're going to compete with the great teams in this league, those guys need to play at a high level. And you cannot have a guy, your starting point guard shooting two for 15 from three in the fourth quarter. Okay. Because you can get Ish Smith to shoot four of 12. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being serious. Like, right. Okay. And, 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 we, and, we and, and Drew Smith. Against the Heat, he would shoot 12 of 12. But 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 even with Jimmy, okay, and you know, I'm it's not the three-point shooting I'm talking about, but it's it's just you you can't have what you had in the last game because it does it does go to all the other players here. I'm not dissatisfied with Jimmy's overall performance this year. I'm just saying they need to be better than they've been, like to get them out of this. Like you have like that. Look, when Pat used when when the Heat were having troubles during Riley's early years, he would turn to, to Zoe and Tim and say, "Get us out of this." Yep. Get us out of this, okay? You, we're, or Dwayne. We're, we're we're looking at you, okay? Or or Spo, you know, would look during the Big Three era, okay? Dwayne and LeBron and Chris, get us out of this, okay? We're not looking to Shane Battier to shoot us out of this. You guys, get us out of this. The, the, those Big Three teams, they went through shooting slumps. Ray couldn't make a shot on the road for like an entire season. This is Ray Allen, one of the five greatest shooters in NBA history. Shane went through terrible slumps. Mike Miller would go through slumps when he then would get benched and then he would get hurt. Okay. But, but so look, and, and look, those guys were more accomplished than the heat's role guys. Okay. Those guys were top. I mean, you're talking about Shane Battier, Ray Allen. You're talking about guys who were elite college players who were top 10 picks. Okay. You're counting on, if you're counting on your former two ways to get you out of this with your shooting, okay, it's got to be the other way. Their, their quote-unquote stars need to get them out of this, and I think then that will feed to the role players who will start shooting the ball better. I think, th- I think they give the role players confidence. It can't be the other way around. Right the now. NBA champion needs to step up. That Look, and I w- that's what it is to me. And I just want to throw in, wait, the reason I think that the – the guys you're talking about deserve more uh, emphasis here is because I'll tie this back to the thing I said earlier. They've gone from fifth to 25th in paint touches. That's important here. Like when you're talking about these guys need to get them through this, these guys need to force the looks. Like they have to be the guys that are getting inside the paint. Jimmy, if he's playing, needs to be getting inside the lane consistently to get these guys looks. Obviously, Bam needs to be inside the lane to get these guys looks. Tyler and Kyle are part of that core four that you mentioned are two guys that can really generate uh, paint touches when they're actually doing it. That's what needs to happen here because that's what gets the role players going. But isn't that and laziness? I mean, isn't it, see, but doesn't that get back to one of the points we've talked about here, which is that this team doesn't seem engaged because it's easier, okay, for, for whether it's – and I'm not singling out one person here, but I'm just saying for all these guys, it's easier for Kyle and Tyler if they can't get, if they can't get the screen they need to get in the lane – to just chuck something up or pound the hell out of the ball. Okay. Or in Kyle, in Tyler's case, or in Kyle's case to just give it up, right. Hot potato it. Okay. It's easier to do that than it is to try to get into the lane and create for somebody else. It And, and for all the discussion we, and it's easier for Jimmy to shoot a step back when they're up 10, instead of doing what he did to get them up 10, which is getting the paint and create opportunities for other people. And look, the BAM conversation, this is why I don't want to have it anymore. I don't want to have this conversation about Bam shooting threes. It is not his responsibility to shoot threes for this team to be effective. It's his responsibility to be a terror on defense 
and take advantage of mismatches on offense and create opportunities with, uh, with again, his playmaking, but also getting, I know he's not a great post player. I understand that, but getting in the paint occasionally and force teams to react to him. The four of those guys need to do this. I, I'm not, I'm I, even looking at these. I'm not going to pin this on Max Gabe and Caleb. I'm sorry. It, it's not their responsibility to dig them out of this. Greg, am I wrong before we close? You know who's shooting the same three-point percentage as Kyle Lowry? Russell Westbrook. I mean, like, he's like a running joke on the internet with his three-point shooting, and they're they're both shooting 35%. Like, what is happening right now? Look, It's not not on those other guys. No, it's not. To close here. Yes. It's not. And it's not on Vic either when he comes back. That's not the role they're expecting from him whenever it is that he does return. There, there. He will help with the paint touches. You would hope. He will help with creation and and the rim pressure and all the things that we talk about and possibly spraying the ball out to these shooters. But he needs to start with their core guys. I'm, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a consistent theme for me. You, you cannot rely on former. I, I don't care how effective you've been at mining them, developing them, how well they've reacted to it. They're not the guys who are carrying the flag for your franchise right now. Their core four need to be better individually collectively and late okay those three things that'll create opportunities for other people all right thanks to our sponsors uh c-armstaffing.com prize picks therapist preferred better edge and manscaped we appreciate all of them uh we'll be back on thursday i will be at the game thursday night we're not getting a monsoon it doesn't appear so they are playing the game thursday night and saturday night um so i'll be there i believe brady will be as well we'll have coverage from the arena have a good night everybody Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.